Spirit of Sovereign Lord, come and make your presence known with Let away of your glory cover. Let the life of your river flow. Let the truth of your kingdom radiate. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory cover us. Let the life of your overflow. Let the truth of your kingdom in us. Let the weight of your glory, let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory cover us. Let the life of your river flow. Let the truth of your kingdom in us. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory. Spirit of sovereign Lord, come and make presence known reveal the glory of the living God Spirit of the Sovereign Lord come and make your presence known reveal the glory of the Let the weight of your glory cover us. Let the life of your river flow. Let the truth of your kingdom. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory cover us. Let the life of your river flow. Let the truth of your kingdom reign in me. 
bear the weight of your glory. Wherever we are, bear the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory Let the weight of your glory fall Let the weight of your glory Let the weight of your glory fall we do not seek your hand. We only seek your face. We want to know you. We want to see you reveal your glory in this place. Let away of your glory covers. Let the life of your river flow. Let the truth of your kingdom within us. Let away of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. Let the weight of your glory. Let the weight of your glory fall. I see Jesus seated on. I see his end ascending everywhere. I see the spirit fixing things again. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb upon the throne. I see.
of my spirit burn it away even as your fire comes in this prayer rain oh god we are asking that it will fall upon every area of our lives we are asking that it will fall upon every corner of our being we are asking that it will fall upon everything that concerns us we are asking that in the name of the lord jesus that this will be a fire that cannot be stopped that this will be a fire that cannot be quenched let it be the holy inferno of god let it consume every part every corner every area every angle of our lives let your holy fire fall again once more let your holy fire fall upon the altar of my prayer let your holy fire fall upon the altar of our lives let your holy fire fall upon our minds let your holy fire fall upon our spirits let it regenerate us oh god let it stir us up oh god in the name of the lord jesus let the holy fire of god come down this morning Oh, Rabakesa to Ravalata Badakasaka Paraduska. Erababa Bashata Ladaba, yes. Holy fire. Let your holy fire fall upon our altars. Have mercy on us, O God. Have mercy on our limitation. Have mercy on our brokenness. Have mercy on our inability to walk in perfect alignment with you. 
Have mercy, O God. We ask that as your fire falls upon our altar, O God, it will begin to stir us up. It will begin to retrain us. It will begin to reteach us. It will begin to hold us accountable to the standards of the Spirit. Let your holy fire fall. 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 Yes, you're the fire, Lord. And I'm the sacrifice. Consume me completely. You are the fire. And I'm the sacrifice. Consume me completely. Completely, 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 completely. Irrespective of what it takes. Make that your prayer this morning. Irrespective of what it takes, oh God. Let my life be completely consumed. Irrespective of what is required. Let my life be consumed. Irrespective of what it can do to me. Let my life be consumed. I am your sacrifice. Oh Jesus, give me the boldness to enter into the fullness of your glory. Give me the courage to walk the path of your spirit. Consume it completely, Jesus. I am your Overwhelm me, Lord. Overwhelm me, Lord. You are the fire. I am your sacrifice. Consume me, Lord. Consume me, Lord. You are the fire. I am your sacrifice. Consume me, Lord. Consume me, Lord. You are the fire. I am your sacrifice. Overwhelm me, Lord. Overwhelm me, Lord. Yes, Father. You are the fire. I am your sacrifice. Consume me, Lord. Consume me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing us before the fire of this altar once again. Thank you for the things you've appointed to do on this altar from the foundations of the earth. Lord, we ask that anything that weakens the strength of the altar of this prayer reign and this meeting this morning, by your mercy, God, we ask that you will remove it. Remove it. Let it be consumed by this fire that we are praying for. Anything that seeks to weaken it, let it be consumed. Let it be enveloped by this fire. We ask, oh God, that as we go through this day, let us encounter your fire. Let us encounter your glory. Let us encounter your power as we go through this day. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, oh God. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 
Praise God. Praise God. Mishanda Valika Subregadeya. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, um, Hope you're ready for today. Um, so much, so much that God is doing in our lives and God is doing with us. And I just pray that the Lord empowers us um, to be able to come into every single thing that he is um, working out in our lives. Let this season for us not just be like every other season that you know comes and goes let this not be like every other time where we have an opportunity to pray or an opportunity to engage um, but don't take full advantage of it but i pray that god will teach you and show you how to take full advantage of what is going on here take advantage of it not just um physically in terms of um waking up in the morning to pray but i pray that you take advantage of it um in terms of going back to the messages looking at them again you know um going back to the scriptures studying everything that we talk about here um for us to be like the barian christians who when the word of god comes they go back and they receive it but they go back to check it to test it to see if every single thing that was spoken about is in alignment to god's word to check for accuracy um, to check for potency. I pray that God makes you like the barren Christian um, so that every single time Amen. we speak here, that it will cause something to resonate in your spirit, you know, that goes beyond this, this physical call or this Zoom call. That's something that can change you and something that can change your generations. Um, I would really like us to um, see what our testimonies. If you have testimonies from prayer rain or so far, um, God has touched you. God has blessed you. I get a lot of um, like messages about people um, saying that you know it's been different for them um, since they started praying. Uh, God has done so much. You know, there's just this fire that has been stirred up in them. It's almost like a new kind of life and a new kind of I'm living. So almost saying to me, ah, hey, praying is going to end on Saturday. What do I do with myself? You know, and even me, I'm, I'm, every day I look forward to what the Lord wants to say, what the Lord wants to do, how the Lord wants to move. You know, it's his altar and he does what he wants to do irrespective of me, you know. So I have been blessed by it. Um, if there have been tangible miracles, notable miracles, um, in your life, um, God has touched you, God has healed you, God has restored you, um, you or your child or your family, um, please make sure you share. If you want to share it um, directly with me, um, please go ahead and do so, uh, Pastor Isi at um, peopleofinfluence.com. I hope I have that correctly. Linda, if you're here, um, please put up the, the proper email address. Um, if you want to, if that doesn't go through, you can also send me an email on hello at ecbenedicta.com. Sorry, ec at ecbenedicta.com. So that's my private email, ec at ecbenedicta.com. You can send me a, a message concerning um, God's testimony um, in your life. Uh, yeah, so God bless you. Now, this morning, we're going to continue from where we stopped like yesterday. Remember, we're talking about um, God opening the eyes of people in this season and God showing you all kinds of things. And that, that's part of what happens to you when you fast. You know, there is a stirring, there is enlightenment, there is revelation. 
you know, that comes to you. But also remember, we're talking about the seven spirits of God and the operation of the seven spirits of God. And, you know, just God enlightening us and, you know, opening our eyes and, you know, God causing us to, um, to see and to understand like he does. Um, so this season, just expect all of those, you know, dynamics to play in your life. Uh, so yesterday we read a scripture from Job and it's in Job 33 and I'm going to read from verse 14. He was saying, for God may speak in one way or another. Job 33, 14, um, do you have your Bibles? For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man. He keeps back his feet and his life from perishing by the sword. He was talking about the way God speaks. It says, God may speak in one way or in another. That means there are different ways in which God speaks. So God doesn't speak through just dreams. So I found out that many people who have dreams and visions who are acquainted um, with the dream world. Many times they are waiting for a dream for God to tell them what to do. The same God who gives you a dream is the same God who would speak to you directly, is the same God who will give you um, a prophecy. So it doesn't have to be just dreams. So this, the psalmist is trying to say, don't depend on just a dream because in one way or another, the Lord will speak. But in this, in this psalm, he was emphasizing on the speaking through dreams. And he was not saying in the night time, um, in, the, in, the, in a dream, in a vision of the night. So he called a dream a vision of the night. That means there's a vision of the day. There's a vision of the night. So that means God can give you visions during the day when you are not asleep. God can open your eyes when you are not asleep. It is possible for you, um, if I most of the time while I'm speaking, if I... 100% of the time, while I'm teaching, I am teaching through visions. So I, I'm saying, oh, you know, because God wants to do something on the earth. As a matter of fact, you know, um, what is going to be happening in this season is that God is going to be causing people to be standing over the earth. So that even though you are living in the earth, you're literally standing over the earth as a guardian of the earth, as a guardian of nations, as a guardian of cities. God is going to cause men to be able to rise up in ranking in the realm of the spirit, to rise up past the place of flesh and humanity, and to rise up into the place where they're able to engage the heavens with accuracy. God as I'm saying that, I'm actually seeing everything I'm saying. I, I see a man standing on top of a globe. And so because over the years, I have learned to steward visions and now understand that this is not my imagination. It did not just pop out of nowhere, it actually popped out of nowhere, but that where is the spirit. So the moment I see it, I hold it and I start to mine it until I arrive at accuracy in interpreting what I see. So because we are not acquainted with um, um, explaining the prophetic or that realm of the spirit, many times we discard the things that God is using to speak to us. So as clearly as you see things in a dream, in the vision of the night, that's how clearly you can see things in the vision of the day. And I found out that the moment I 
start to mine that vision and I start to go in it, it begins to open up and open up and open up and open up and I begin to see more, you know. Um, so there was a time when I did not understand the way I prayed. I didn't know, it, it didn't dawn on me that there was something significant or significantly different about the way I prayed. So um, I remember then when I was, you know, pastoring in a church, as it were, people walk up to me and say, ah, the way you pray, my God. And I used to think, what is in the way I pray? You know, and then when people then ask me things like, ah, how do you pray the way you do? And I'm like, nothing. And I remember then um, there was a particular pastor that he used to go on and on and on about the way I pray like it's a movie and the emphasis on pictures and, you know, um, ex explanation. He, he, he used to, oh, you have such articulation, you know, of words in the spiritual. At some point I said, oh, maybe it's because I did literary, literary and debating when I was in secondary school. Maybe that's what's happening here. But in my heart, I knew that it had nothing to do with that. So one day I sat back and the Lord began to say to me, he said, Isi, anything you have not allowed yourself understand, you cannot bring people into it. He says, so you are engaging with this activation in the spirit and you are walking in it and you are enjoying it. But because you have never sat back to say to yourself, how does this happen? He said, that is the reason why you can pull people into the same stream. He said, so you need to sit back and understand it. He said, but it is usually, um, it is usually um, something that stirs up in your heart that causes you to inquire. He said, you have never seen the need to inquire until you do, until you have that standing, you will not ask the right questions. And until you ask the right questions, you will never get the right answers that have the ability to pull people into engagement. So I had to then step back and I began to say, what is this? And I remember the first time I met Apostomi Arayomi, or not the first time, but you know, within the first time. And he said to me while he was one of the last meetings, he said, you know, um, your prophetic is one of those, I said, I'll call you a prophetic intercessor. You're one of those people that um, your prophetic is activated. And I was like, huh, okay, you know, I don't know what that is. But as I began to take the time to understand how it works, I realized that I actually am seeing. Nobody ever told me that what I was doing was that I was seeing. So every time they said, then pray. I would just, as soon as I shut my eyes, I could see. So I was articulating what I was saying. As a matter of fact, the reason why it seemed like I used to speak so quickly and fast was because I was, my words were trying to catch up with the pictures, you know, so because the pictures move quickly. So I'm trying to catch up and I'm trying to articulate quickly what I am seeing. So to the people listening around, it's like, oh, you're moving fast. But to me, I am actually slow because there's so much and I don't want to miss any detail. I don't want to miss any fragments and I'm trying to say it. So um, the question is, who told me to say what I see? It's the Holy Ghost. But I never knew. So, um, but because I have done it for so long, before I could understand what I was doing and now that I understand, because I've done it for so long, it's easy. So the moment I say, Mando Satya, and I see, I, as soon as I started speaking, I saw a blanket open, a white blanket open, you know, a white bed sheet. And immediately my spirit is thinking about, okay, what does the bed represent? And why is it a white bed sheet? 
So I'm thinking, okay, the bed is on the foul, the bed of marriage. Okay, what is the Lord speaking about? Is he speaking about the restoration of marriages and the deliverance of people who have walked through adultery, fornication, and all of that? But the bed is also the place of rest. The bed is also the place where you can possibly have dreams. Um, the bed is also the place of restoration because in the time of sleep, your body is restored. But why is it a white bed sheet? So that means the Lord is bringing some sort of cleanness into that process and the Lord is bringing some sort of purity into that process so maybe there are people who have struggled at night and they have been attacked at night by the demonic but the Lord is speaking about the fact that he's restoring your night time he's restoring your rest you know he's restoring the times where you're supposed to have he's supposed to have encounter with your spirit because I have worked and I have engaged that for so long it's very easy for so the question is how many things has God shown to you and how many times has God um, tried to pull you into this place, but you missed it because you could not tell that it was the Lord. So part of what we are doing this morning, because what happens is as you begin to pray, as you begin to fast, God is awakening your spirit. But it's one thing to be awakened, but it's another thing to maximize the wake. So many people would fast and pray but they never come into the power of the season. They will be taken by the fact that, oh, I had this powerful dream, but look for them two weeks later. They are going back into old habits. Sorry, one second. Um, um, a week later, and they are going back in, into old habits and you know old ways and stuff like that. So God wants to teach us how to maximize the season. So he says in the dream of the night, what does God do with the dream? He said, um, he opens the ears of men. So part of what God does is that in, at night you hear him better. He said he opens the ears of men. So he's not talking about your physical ears. He's talking about your spiritual ears. So that means the things that have been hard for you to hear during the day, God can cause you to hear them better at night. He says, in order to turn them from their deeds, to fill their ears with instructions, to turn them from their deeds and to conceal pride from man. He keeps his soul back from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. So at night, that means it's possible for somebody to go to bed proud and wake up humble. He said to conceal them from pride, to stop them from pride. So that a matter that you have thought, I will not take it. They will know who I am. When to come tomorrow, I'm going to give it to them. And then you wait. you pick up your phone and you're calling that same person and apologizing because something happens to you at night. So I tell people it's possible to go to bed one man and wake up a different person because the Lord does that. The Lord will conceal you from pride in the dead of the night. And he said, why is he doing these things? Why is God working? Because he is trying to keep you from the pit so that you don't end up eventually in, the, in hell and you don't end up eventually in the place of torment. So there, that means there is a place where you engage God for the release of power and strength, but there's a place when God engages you. At night and in a dream, God is the one that engages you to birth his will and to birth his um, desire for you. Um, so the next scripture that I wanted us to look at is Proverbs 25, verse 2. Proverbs 25, verse 2, um, 
it says in Proverbs 25, verse 2, it says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out the matter. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out the matter. So that means um, every time that there is a revealing, there is an outpouring of glory. Every time that a matter is made clear and a matter is opened up to you, that means the glory of God comes because it is the glory of God to conceal, but it is the honor of kings to search it out. If there is a, a singular way in which um, God transfers part of his glory to a person and you know on your own and it comes out as honor, part of the ways or the pathway in which God does that is that he brings revelation to you. The things that were hidden become unveiled to you. So that in itself releases glory over you and releases honor over you. So what happens in dreams is revelation. So when you are dreaming, God, and you are seeing the things that were hidden, you are also increasing in glory because you are coming into the knowledge of God. In Joel 2, verse 28, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last day, says the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. It says, it will come to pass that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will see visions. Um, um, your, your old men will dream dreams. It says, everybody will prophesy. Everybody. So they are prophesying whether that's true, the visions they see, the dreams that they see, whatever the way may be, but there is a path of vision for them. Everybody has got a path of vision. Um, and this is part of the workings of the last days. So if you are here and you're like, oh, well, I have not been having dreams. I don't believe in dreams. Believe God for it because it is part of the workings of God's spirit um, for these last days. And one thing you want to note, like it says in Romans um, 1.17, that the just shall live by faith. So if you are a person that will walk in the realm of revelation, you must be a person of faith. Because Hebrews 11 is making more sense to me every day. The more I go through Hebrews 11, the more I feel like, wow, there is so much that the Lord has to say. Because these guys, the Bible kept talking about the reason why they did the things that they did. And he spoke about the fact that they were doing it in faith. They were doing it by faith. So it almost felt like faith was a completely different reality that they had that was separate from the reality of everybody else around them. So when you come into this realm of faith, you are able to see God for who he is and his plans for what they are. And when you operate from that realm, it seems like you are separate from other people, you know, but that's how it's supposed to be. The just shall live by faith. So if you're going to be a person who works in the accuracy of dreams and vision, you must be a person who has faith. You need to believe in what you see. There are times when, and I found out that that, that that is one of the greatest struggles that people have when you are training them in the prophetic or you are training them um, in dreams or dream interpretation. Many times they don't believe in what they see. They feel like, eh, well, it doesn't really matter. Maybe it's because I ate rice yesterday. That's why I had a dream that I have a rice farm. But how about you consider that God made you eat rice yesterday so that you can have the dream about having a, a rice farm? You know, so I found out that many people play down on the things they see. 
If you can't believe what you see, how can you walk? How can you run? If the day I start doubting my eyes is the day that I will come into um, a, a reduced motion, I won't be able to move quickly again. So imagine I get up from this table and I'm not sure, oh, is that a door in front of me? Or is it a rock? I'm not sure. I don't know. The day I start doubting my eyes, that means I will most likely start to trip over and I will not be able to move. So the problem with a lot of people is that you don't believe what you see. You don't believe that God can't show you stuff. You don't believe that what you are having is a vision. You don't believe that this dream was given to you by God. But the just shall live by faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you must believe that this thing that is not seen in the physical but seen in the spiritual is a real image. That was what drove Abraham. That was what drove Isaac. That was what drove Gideon, Barak, Jephthah, Peter, Paul, all these guys. An image of a life to come, of an eternal glory. That was what drove them. That's faith. But you must believe that this picture you are seeing is real. So from today, as you have dreams, still want them. Because once you know that this is of the Lord, it will cause you to rise up to record your dream. Even if it's an audio file, even if it's a written word, you must record. Record consistently. Imagine if Job never recorded the things that happened in his life or the conversations he had with God. He would not have the book of Job today. Imagine if Esther did not record the things that happened We would not have what is in Esther. Somebody took the time to record Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Somebody took the time to record Pharaoh's dream. And now we have a template for dream interpretation. Recorded the baker's dream. Do you understand? Now we are able to say, oh, he, he interpreted the dream as A or he interpreted the dream as B. So you have to record. It's part of stewarding, um, it's part of stewarding your dream. Um, in Matthew 13, verse 19, he spoke a lot about um, the enemy coming to steal from us you know, coming to um, take away the things that have been planted. The wicked one comes and snatches everything away. So the question is, how many things has God given to you that has been snatched? How many seeds has the farmer of eternity and eternal life and the souls of men? How many seeds has he planted within the soil of your life that you have treated as inconsequential and it has become food for Satan? and food for the enemy. You see, like I said to people, Satan is not all-knowing. Satan is not all-powerful. Satan cannot read the future. Rather, what he does is that he takes the revelation given to the sons of God, and he uses it to plan. Just think about him like um, the guy that the Magis came to, and they're like, oh, you know, a king has been born. We saw his star rising in the east, and we have traced the star all the way. And it's like, really? Okay. Um, go celebrate the king. Where you find him, let me know. Now, he didn't know where the king was. He didn't know who the king is. But he said to them, where you find him, let me know, with the intention of killing him. So when he did not, when they didn't come back to him, what does he do? He then goes to a widespread genocide, kills all the children. Look at Satan in that light. Like the one who does not know um, a lot of things, but he's depending on your revelation. So your inability, imagine if those guys, the angel didn't come to them in a dream, saying to them, go, don't go back to Herod. 
go a different way because his intentions are not pure. Imagine if they didn't come back to them and they went back to him to say, oh, we found the king, he's in a manger, Jesus would have been dead. I say that to you because many times God has sent us Yeshua, Joshua, and many salvation in, in different ways. But because we don't see the sensitivity of the things that the Lord reveals to us, we become the ones that go back to Herod to say, oh, Herod, look at the dream that God gave me. Or Herod, oh, look at this thing I saw. And Herod, in this time, being like the enemy, your lack of stewardship and just throwing it away and just, oh, you know, I had this dream. I'm not really sure, you know, and that very act, you don't write it down. You don't pray about it. You don't make steps in the direction of what you saw. It's like you going back to Herod and he uses your revelation to destroy your life. He uses your knowledge to destroy your life. So we have to be very, very careful because the enemy is constantly looking for what to snatch, looking for what to snatch. He's gleaning on your revelation. He's gleaning on your knowledge. He's adding it all together and forming a map. And it is with this map, he's saying, ah, I can perceive that another generation is about to rise up. Oh, I've seen this pattern before. I've seen that pattern before. He's not all knowing. He's not all powerful. The things that we take for granted as the sons of God are the things that he does not joke with. So he takes every revelation, every word that comes out of your mouth, Satan takes it seriously. But we don't take it seriously because we have been overfed. And because God has put together a system of revelation, he locked it, he locked it into creation. So um, as long as... Okay, I'm just... So as long as um, you are born of God and you are in this world, you will have revelation from God. So be careful to steward the things that God says to you. Um, Joseph told his dream to his brothers and they, killed, and they ended up trying to kill him for it. They threw him into a pit for it because he just thought, oh, well, it's a dream. I can tell it. It's not every dream you have that you can tell. It's not every dream you have that you can share. Some dreams are for you and you alone. So dreams are to help you build the future. So dreams are to help you raise your children. Some dreams are to help you protect the seed of God. Remember Jesus, um, how was he protected consistently? God will come to people in dreams. Came to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, you're going to marry that woman. The baby that she's carrying is from me. It is of me. So you're not going to divorce her. You're not going to walk away from her. You're going to marry her. And Joseph went ahead and married her against, I'm sure, the counsel of his father, his mother, he did. Now, God ensured that Jesus had a, a family, you know, in the physical, legally. They couldn't say he was born out of wedlock. Now, they get to where he was supposed to have the baby. And an angel comes to him in a, again in a dream and says, hey, get up, run, leave here. They're about to come and attack the city. Or they're about to come and kill off all the children. And he gets up and he runs. Go to Egypt. So uh, consistently, and if I when it was time again for them to leave, he says, okay, the one that is looking for Jesus is dead. Now go back. So consistently you see that even the life of Jesus was greatly impacted by dreams. Was greatly impacted by dreams. Imagine if Joseph woke up um, and he said, well, I had one dream. What? I'm not sure, Sha, but he was saying we should move to Egypt, but it doesn't make any sense. You just had a baby. Maybe we should wait for the first three months so that you gather yourself. No. If he had done that, we'd be singing a different song right now. 
So he took his dreams seriously and he stewarded them um, effectively. Um, in Numbers 12, verse 6 to 8, it says, Hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with um, myself and Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. That means one of the activations of the prophetic is in dreams. He says, if there's a prophet amongst you, um, let him, if there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. So that means one of the marks of a prophet is dreams. Dreams. So what's the difference between dreams and vision? A dream is a type of vision. So what does vision mean? Basically, to see, just to be able to see. Now, a dream is a type of vision. Um, but a vision can be a dream or it can be where your eyes are just open. in the physical your eye opens and you can see you know and then there are different kinds of um prophets or prophetic people there are some people who are seers so they see i operate more in the seer realm or as a seer because i see a lot you know so whether my eyes are shut whether my eyes are open whether i'm sleeping i'm having a dream or i'm sitting i'm seeing and what does it look like it doesn't look like bright light appears and you know, I hear who, and then I begin to see. No, no, no. It's just, it's just like an imagination, or it's just like a picture that crosses my mind. And that's why when you know you are a seer or you are a prophetic person, part of what you need to do is to see what the images that come to your eyes. So when I'm scrolling maybe through Instagram, there are some things that as soon as I I see from the side of my eye, probably I scroll past it real quickly because I know that. I am about images. My office and my gift of revelation has a lot to do with images. So I don't want to put a picture in my mind that will keep playing over and over again. And then it then begins to affect my ability to be accurate in terms of seeing. So you need to steward your eyes very, very carefully. Some people hear, you know, some people are here to just hear the voice of God, to just hear instructions, to just hear, go to the left or go to the right. I see more and I sense more. You know, some people just sense. They are just like, you know what? Mm, I can sense that the Lord is saying, oh, how did you know? I don't know. I just, I just sense. I just can sense it. I just feel. So some people just, some people feel, you know, they can walk into a room and they begin to feel the weight of cancer. Or they can walk into the room and they feel the depression on the people. They can walk into a room and they can feel the hate in the atmosphere. So, but if you are not limited to one or two or three or all. It could be either way. It depends on God and it depends on how you have strengthened yourself. And you have trained your senses and grown your senses because all of this is available. It's like saying to somebody that, you know, I'm more, I use my ears more than I use my eyes or I use my hand more than I use my nose. Hello. You are supposed to use everything for perfect functioning, you know? So in the realm of the spirit, all your senses are meant to be activated. You can walk into a place and you, some people literally smell. Some people can smell sin. Some people can smell the presence of God. Some people tell you it smells like roses. Um, it smells like petals. You know, some people can smell it. So you can groom all your senses to the point where it's so strong that you are using all of them. You can feel, 
you can feel what's in the air. It's almost so tangible to you. And you can see, you know, but everyone, it is not about which sense is most heightened. It is about your ability to um, interpret what you are sensing and the message you are receiving and to be able to use it to navigate accurately through life. That's what is most important. Uh, so you have to train yourself. Uh, so he says, uh, if there is a prophet among you, let him know that I, the Lord, I reveal myself to him in dreams, um, in, in the night. Now, in, um, in Hosea 12, verse 10, it says, sorry, are we all here? Are you taking notes or are you sleeping? Or are you like, oh, we don't really care about these dreams and vision thing, PI? Yeah, we are here. 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 We We are here. We are here. Okay, so I see Ijoma says, um, I am, I see more. Let me see where is she. I thought I saw a message. I see too accurately in dreams. So does anybody else want to share how um how the Lord speaks to you, how you get signals from heaven? Which one are you stronger or in? Anybody wants to share that? What is your strongest? Okay, um, Yosola says seeing and sensing. Um, I see a lot in dreams. Somebody, a lot of people say dreams, dreams, seeing. Uh, I get more dreams and sensing. I'm a dreamer. I dream, I dream. Uh, is there anybody here? Oh, somebody says scriptures are strong in impression. Okay. So saying scriptures are strong impression. Okay, dreams. I sleep when I sleep in the afternoon. Okay, great. I sense and I see visions. All right. Um, is, is so does anybody smell? Is there anybody who smells? You can smell in the realm of the spirit. Who? Elizabeth, Catherine. Okay, Elizabeth, Catherine, unmute your microphones. Let's talk about it. I, I'm, I'm really, really interested in in knowing how that works. Do you want to unmute your mic and tell me? Yes, mom. Yes, I do. Somebody says, I smell presence of God or demons, T-Y-A. Unmute your mic now. Yes, mom. You don't want to talk to me? Why? Can I go? Yes, mom. Where are they? <laughs> Have you stopped them from unmuting? Dami says, I see pictures. I dream a, a lot though. I don't understand most of them. I hear, you know, that's why we are here. I'm going to just help you understand. So nobody wants to, Catherine, um, okay, who else did I, I let say? Me go. Let you me want go to unmute your my, my smellers? Okay, for the smell, it depends on the time and season I am in. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, hold on. Maybe I can't hear you. Um, Sorry. One second, guys. One second. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I can't hear you. Did somebody um, now. have you unmuted? Yes, my mic is on mute. Okay. I can't hear anybody. 
Is somebody speaking? Steph, Stephanie, can you say something? Can anyone hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, Pia, Pia, we can hear yes, you. We can hear you. Yes, we can. Well, I can't I can hear you guys through my own speaker. So I'm just going to use uh, my media guy's speaker to hear. I don't know for some reason um, I can't hear, but I'm just going to use the media guy's um, speaker. So, so go ahead and tell me somebody who smells. Okay, go ahead okay, and um, talk to me. Um, smell? Smell? Yes, I think go it ahead. Like, there are times that I just want to go on a spiritual exercise like fasting. And if someone is around me at that particular point in time and the person's intention or the person around me, like, I feel I can smell their intentions from afar, especially if it's a demonic there's this smell that comes and then your spirit just rejects it instantly and you take you take a step back and um when it started i didn't know how to go about it but along the line i started to pray about it so whenever i'm around such environment i just take myself out of that environment are you sure you are not talking about sensing Do no you it feels me? it feels because like you just smelled something like to me it feels like i just inhaled some like a gas that is not good for my health at that time but then mm. i go out of the place and oh it feels like a calm a so, very nice, there's a nice feeling there and then i just decide to pray about it and i'm like oh god just take control or something it's okay. it's, it's the smell for me Okay, great, great, great. All right. Um, that's good Mama to know. Okay, who is this, please? Elizabeth. Okay, Elizabeth, go ahead. Okay, mine happened once, actually. It happened once. I was in church, and then we were just preparing, like, pre-service uh, preparation. We were just um, talking, and then a lady suddenly walks into church, and then I started perceiving a very strong, bad smell. Initially, I thought it was something around that just said smelling all of a sudden. So when I turned Are around, I didn't smell body odor. No, it wasn't. It wasn't body odor because I was standing. In fact, when she passed, I it was the smell was very strong. So while I was trying to find out if it was something around that was smelling, I now heard in my spirit there was a demonic smell from that lady. So I didn't stop there. She was someone I knew, so I called her aside. I said, "When you passed." I just perceived one strong thing like that. And I told her, and she said that I'm not the first person that has told her that they said she has some, um, you know, demons around her, that this is not the first time she hears it, that they just, she said a lot of stuff. And then I just put her aside and I prayed with her. Physically, she had a good perfume on, she was smelling nice. So that's, that's the only hmm. experience I about well, it, it is possible, actually. Absolutely possible. Um, I remember a, a man talking about how he was working in the airport. And as he... Please, do you mind me to speak to you about access? And as he walked past a guy at the airport, he smells an aroma on the man that passed him. That was the aroma he smells when he's in his prayer closet with God. And immediately he knew that he was a man of intercession. So he walked back to him and he said, I just smelt the presence of God all over you. 
And the other man turned out to be like a missionary and intercessor and stuff like that, spends his hours in prayer. And I was like, yes, I know that smell. I know that smell. You know, it's the smell of the glory of God, the presence of God. Um, so all of that happens because you see, the thing about being in the Lord is that your senses are heightened. What we now know as our senses are a broken um, version of our true senses. Remember, the Bible says that after man sinned, they saw that they were naked. In the original version of our senses, that nakedness is not nakedness. I don't know how to explain it. When they looked at it, it was not, ah, see you, you are not wearing clothes. That wasn't how they viewed themselves before. The way they viewed themselves before was they, they could see the glory of God over each other. The way they could see what covered them, you know, but the moment they fell, their eyes began to see differently. Their senses changed. You know, they began to pluck leaves to cover themselves. They began to feel different. So the thing that is affected by the fall of man are the senses of man. But when you come into redemption, restoration, reconciliation, part of what God begins to do is that he begins to restore your senses. So the things before, I was saying to somebody, I said, look, it's about sight in the realm of the spirit. I said, the reason why some people are taking, in fact, what you see is dependent on the light source that you sit under. And it's dependent on how well your eyes have adjusted to different light sources. So if I'm sitting, the reason why we can see, I can see the table, I can see the book and the pen, is because I'm sitting within the spectrum of light that, we, that my human eyes have, you know, over years we evolved into be able to see within the spectrum of light. But there are some other animals that even in the dark, they see clearly. Why? Because their eyes are adjusted naturally to be able to see within a spectrum, within a bandwidth of light. Now, if you have trained yourself within the light of God's word, you will realize that you can see easily in the spirit because it's the light that you sit under, the light that you are trained by that determines what you can see. You know, so the reason why it feels like many people can't see is not because you are blind. You've just not trained your eyes. The same way that when you walk into a room that is dark, or maybe your own room, you can navigate your room in darkness, you know? And sometimes you initially you're like, oh, this place is so dark, but just wait a little bit, your eyes adjust and you are not able to touch and to feel the bed and stuff like that. Even though you can navigate in darkness, it doesn't mean you are seen accurately. And that's the problem with a lot of Christians. They are able to navigate in darkness because they are used to the darkness. But that doesn't mean that you are seen accurately. The day that the light of God's word is turned on around you, you now begin to see the little details of life. You now begin to realize the little things you are missing. So the people around you that are still navigating in darkness will call you, mm, your own is too much. Ah, since you started following this pastor, you started doing all these spooky, spooky things. Yes, it's called the light of God. The moment it's turned on, details, everything means something to you. You begin to notice colors. You begin to notice numbers. You begin to notice the repetition of certain times. Every time you look at the clock, it is something 11-11, something 12-12. You begin to notice patterns, you know, the sequence of things. Why? It is light. The moment it comes on, you begin to see the details of life. You know, so um, you want to consistently posture yourself under the light of God. Now, so this lady that spoke about the lady that she, um, that she told, oh, you know, it's not something. One of the things you want to be 
You want to learn as you grow in the prophetic and revelation and interpretation of dreams and vision is access. You know, um, you don't just walk to somebody and say, I, I smell demons all over you. You know, you're going to get yourself slapped if it's a crazy person, you know, or get yourself beaten. Um, so you, you always need to have access before you can release a word. And the thing about the prophetic is that you will see it's like having a device that is able to catch frequencies in the realm of the spirit. You know, so once you are tuning that device, you will catch you will catch 98.9. Please make your microphone. You will catch 99.2. You will catch all kinds of real stations. As long as it is within the bandwidth of the frequency that that's your device can catch you we catch different stations it's the same way as you train yourself in the prophetic and as you grow in the in the vision realm you know you will see here or sense things and it's not everything that there's not every session you tune to that you want to stay there so you need to learn to also bring focus into what you are receiving and see away the things that do not concern you. Sometimes I'm in the place of prayer. I'm seeing something about my child's um, teacher. I'm seeing something about somebody in my husband's office. I'm seeing something about myself. I'm seeing something. Meanwhile, I'm praying for nations. So I'm like, this my antenna is doing. I'm about to do so, and I just pray some and I'm focusing and I'm bringing my focus back into Nigeria so that I can see where exactly I'm trying to go in the spirit. So sometimes I pick up my pen and paper and record the, all the side gists that I'm hearing, you know, it's like you're walking past the corridor of Holy Ghost. So in one room, you hear him gisting with Jesus. In another room, you hear him gisting with Jonah. You know, you are hearing some side gists that on a normal day, you will not hear. I just record it in one corner. But that may not be where I'm headed. Do you get? So focus as you receive, as you receive funnel and, you know, see through what you are seeing because you'll be catching many things. Now, even when you see, you need to um, understand the protocol of, you know, disseminating your messages. So even if you saw the person and you, know, person, you smelled a demonic smell and you feel an impression of the Holy Ghost to reach out to the person, you don't tell the person directly, I smell demons all over you. You know, you may want to say, you know, um, wow, hi, you know, can I, can I have a word with you? Uh, this is like, yes, you know, God loves you so much. God loves you so much. I just feel a season of the liberation of God coming over you. You know, I just, I just hear the Lord, you know, speaking about um, things that have invaded your life and things that have held you captive for years before now. And it almost seems like it's followed you everywhere. And even in places you go to that you should have favor, it's almost like the people don't respond to you favorably because it kind of feels like there is just like something else influencing, you know, outside of the grace and glory of God. But God is saying that in this season, the greatest influence in your life. He wants to bring the aroma of his presence into your life. Can, can I just pray with you? Then the person will say to you, oh my goodness, you know, this thing you say about aroma, do you know that they said to me in different churches that demons used to smell over me? And you're like, wow. Hmm. Wow, wow, wow. My goodness. Let's pray about that. You don't have to tell the person, yes, you are spiritual body odor. No, no, no. Because Revelation is not supposed to break people. It's supposed to build them up. 
Prophecy is for building up. Prophecy is for encouraging. Prophecy is for stirring and, you know, straightening people. So you want to look for the route by which you can convey the message so that you can arrive at what God really wants to do. The revelation of God is for the redemption of his people. So um, what you saw is accurate, but the question is, what is God saying based on what you have seen? What is God saying? what God is saying. Because information given to a person without direction, the heart of God can break them. You get. So uh, that, that is, uh, you, maybe you have a dream. So that the person's head was cut off. Ah, I just dreamed that something cuts your head. No, 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 no. Go back and think about it. Look through scriptures. What does the head represent? You know, a man, a headless body is a useless body. If you like, let all your other body parts be intact. Without the head, you are useless because the head is like the controlling um, system. It's like, you know, the faculty, the administrative hub. That's where decisions are made. That's where engagement happens. That's where life. So you want to say to the person, you know, um, I had a dream about you last night, um, but I sense in my spirit that what God is trying to say to me is that the enemy is trying to attack your strength and your life source. You know, I think we should pray into that. You know, or rather, it's always say trying to attack your strength and life source. You can just say, you know, I sense that God wants to strengthen you in terms of the foundation of your life and the, the source of your life. God wants to build up, you know, your thinking. God wants to, because it's the opposite of what the enemy wants to do that God wants to do. So there are ways you can lead the person to pray into it without releasing the spirit of fear, but rather you are releasing hope and encouragement because of what God can do and God will do based on what you have seen. So that's very, very important. Um, bah, 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 bah. I'm trying to look at the charts, you know, and even some people say, hey, you know, I get strong impression from the word. That is one of the first ways in which a believer's senses are awakened and consistent way, you know, so it's one of the first and it's one of the ones that must follow you to eternity. Once you, you know, you read the word and you get an impression and you're like, ha, it's one of the ways in which the, the, the Holy Ghost begins to pull you in the spirit of revelation because you are interfacing directly with the word, you know. Uh, yeah, interfacing directly with the word. Also, you want to be careful to see between your emotions and God's emotions um, because many people, you know, maybe you woke up that morning, you had a fight with your spouse and then you get on IG Live and like, I just sense that marriages are going through a lot and you know there's just so much happening in marriages can we just pray for marriages auntie it's your marriage that is having problem not the global marriage you understand so you want to be able to see between your personal issues and what god is saying concerning the church and his people um don't don't let it mix mix, mix up don't don't muddy your water and i tell people i said don't muddy the water you intend to drink from. If you know you want to drink from a source of water, you don't throw sand into it. And there, there, there is a place where, you know, the waters of the spirit will grow inside of you till you not become a water source. Do you understand? So initially, you, you, you just needed... If, if you were in the room with somebody, you both need the Holy Ghost so to, to, to fill you people up before anybody can see. But you can become so 
um, in tune with the watering of the spirit, that you become a source of water. And when people come around you, he who was thirsty is filled. And he who could not see begins to see. You have been so illuminated by the light of God that you become a luminary. So that every time you are somewhere, a person whose prophetic was not activated is activated. A person whose vision was not activated is activated. Once they're around you, they're having perpetual dreams. They begin to see things in the realm of the spirit. You have now become a light source. You know, so you have to keep growing. You have to keep stewarding because you now know that you are a water. Don't muddy your waters. Don't ever allow anything corrupt you. Don't let corruption sit in you. Don't let any lie sit in you. Don't muddy the water because it is going to be your refreshing and the refreshing of generations. So this is why we keep ourselves clean and pure. Um, yeah, I don't see things that have happened before. I only see things coming, things that God wants to do in seasons in people's lives. Is that a bad thing or is it normal or, you know, to not be able to see the past? Why do you want to see the past? The past is known to all of us. You know, we know the past. Uh, we don't need to see the past. Yeah, because it's there. If you check Facebook, you'll find the past. Um, but the future is what we don't know. And the future is what we need to. So it's a fantastic thing that you can see ahead, you know, um, of time. What about colors? Seeing, uh, hearing colors over people. Oh, amazing. Um, I remember, okay, so now if you look through, like I said, everything in the Bible um, must be interpreted. Experience of deja vu, I'm coming. Um, must be everything must be interpreted from the Bible. So you see that through the scriptures, there were different things, um, different colors represented different things, you know. So the question is, um, if God is speaking colors over you or colors over people. So for example, um, last week or two weeks ago, the Lord began to speak about purple to me. And even when I tried to wear something that wasn't purple, the Lord made sure that the thing we and he said, go and carry that purple garment and wear it. So uh, at that point, I had to pause. Pause. And uh, it's really pause. I had to pause. Yeah. I had to pause and say to myself, what is the Lord saying to me? Why is he asking me to wear purple? And of course, purple represents royalty. Um, purple represents just royalty as it were. And I realized that the Lord was speaking to me about my royal priesthood and the side of me um, about that. I mean, you are harnessing your priesthood, but are you harnessing the royalty inside of you? And I had to begin to do a study on what it means to be a royal, what God says about us as kings. You know, am I thinking like a king? Am I thinking territorially? Am I thinking about expanding my borders? Am I thinking about the defense of people? So I realized that God was challenging the kingship inside of me and challenging royalty inside of me and telling me you need to make some tangible steps you know, for you to arrive at where I want you to be. Yes, IJ, that's your color. You know, so yeah, God was speaking that over me in that season and he was using it to communicate um, with me. Sometimes you may, you may see someone and you want to prophesy over the person and all that comes to your mind is red or all that comes to your mind is green. So you want to look at, you know, when you read scriptures, note the symbolisms. Everywhere you see a number a color or something being spoken about, what was it referring to? 
you know, um, when, when it spoke about that. Even things like you need to know your color wheel. So somebody said orange. Don't ask me how is orange formed? Is it not yellow plus red that forms orange? So if you want to interpret orange, think about the two um, 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 primary colors. What do they represent? And if you bring a combination of that, it can tell you what orange is. Do you understand? Um, so, you know, stuff like that. And it, it's very, because you see, the Bible is um, an integrated messaging system. Um, see it like a book that aliens dropped on the earth. Um, because the Bible is the book that was written for over 2,000. It is 66 books and it has 40 authors. Now, 66 books with 40 authors written over 2,000 years, written in different locations of the globe. But when they were all brought together, they all had the same thing. They were all pointing in the same direction. They all had the same testimony. Each time the one in Syria looked at the one that was written in Ethiopia, when they made mention of the same thing, they, it was accurate information that confirmed each other, even though there is a space of 1,400 years between them, different locations, different authors that never met each other. So this then tells you that the Bible must have come from a realm above time and a realm above geographical location. If it was able to meet with time and location, and it brought about accurate messaging through 40 different authors. Why am I saying to you? Why am I saying this to you? Understand that the message is an integrated, I mean, the Bible is an integrated messaging system that helps us to decode and unlock communication with realms above us, with realms beyond us. So imagine if aliens dropped a book on earth. And they're like, hey, we're coming. We're going to be engaging with you guys. But so that you don't have to be doing, I, you see, when you see the alien, you're trying to communicate. No, you, don't do that. This is the book. <laughs> no, that eh, 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 means, you know, we are hungry. What food do you have on earth? So basically, that's what the Bible is. So it helps us to decode, to unlock, to communicate with the spirit realm, with the realm of God. So I said this to you so that when you see symbolisms in the Bible or you see colors or you see text or you see a comma, every single thing in the word is significant. Every single thing in the word is significant. Every time the Bible makes a turn, ask yourself why. Why, why, why this sharp transition? It was talking about genealogy, let's say, and Jabez was, why do you make a sharp transition like that? Why did you change the topic all of a sudden? Every single thing in the Bible is significant because it's an integrated messaging system that has been delivered to man and humanity from a place that is above time and location, a physical location. Okay, so in light of that, we then know that we use the Bible to interpret. We use the Bible um, to explain things. Um, somebody said, what about seeing demons? Well, God opens our eyes um, differently. How do you describe a donkey in a dream? Um, dream that longed for you to touch it. I decided not to, not to because I thought it was going to bite me. I looked away and back and the donkey had disappeared. Go back to the scriptures. Every time you spoke about donkey, what did, it, what did the donkey mean? Um, but I want to recommend a book for you guys. 
this book. Everybody knows that I keep recommending this book when it comes to dreams and visions. It's called The Divinity Code and it's written by Adam F. Thompson and Andrea Bell. The Divinity Code. Um, please make sure you go and buy um, The Divinity Code. Adam Thompson and Andrea Bell. Um, Divinity Code has so many dreams and visions and all kinds of things written in it. There's another book I'm looking for. Um, all kinds of things written in it. Please, can you pass me my prophet's dictionary? It's in there. Um, so literally like colors and symbolisms, you can find them in here. So let's look at donkey, for example. Deja vu, lady, I'll answer you. Let's look at donkey. So donkey, um, for example, it says, um, humility, so it gives you like different meanings based on the times that it has occurred in the Bible. So you will now use the context of the dream to determine which of these things it means. Um, so I, I just want to say to somebody that if you don't have a desire for systemic or systematic thinking, you may struggle with being a believer. Because the thing about Christianity is that it is so systematic and it is so scientific, for lack of a better explanation, that people tend to miss it because people want to worship God only from, you know, the spooky, you know, spiritual, but they don't want to worship God with their minds. But God is a very, very intelligent being. He's an intelligent being. God thinks, God does extreme mathematics. It's not even a math they teach us in school. That today I'm still trying to understand what X is. You know, God does extreme. He's very calculative. God is in order. He writes things the way he wants them to be, the way he needs them to appear. So if you are the kind of person that you don't like details and you don't like systems, you don't like taking your time to, you know, write this thing down, then you leave that one, then you go and search and come back, write another one, then you add it together. If you don't like working like that, you will struggle with coming into depth of knowledge of God. Because God is an intelligent system. He's not a man. He's not an individual. God himself is a system. So if you want to be able to engage God truly, you must realize that the person I'm talking to that is playing with me, he's a whole system in himself. Everything he does, everything he says is leading me, is breadcrumbs onto a greater knowledge. So follow the crumbs. Follow the crumbs of revelation. So every time the donkey appeared in scriptures, it was things like humility, faithful burden bearer, a servant. Um, if it's a white donkey, it's a judge. Um, it could also be a hostile or a stubborn person because they're generally known to be like that. Um, it could be determined individual or, or stubborn individual. It could be an unbeliever. Uh, it could be somebody needing guidance and it could be um, someone without understanding. Now, there are different scriptures where donkey was mentioned. Zechariah 9, verse 9, Matthew 21, verse 5, Genesis 42, verse 26, Numbers 20, 22, verse 30, Proverbs 26, verse 3. Now, when you read, bring all these things together, you now begin to look at it within the context of the dream. How did I feel when I saw this donkey? Did I feel like I was looking at um, a humble being? Did I feel like I was looking at a servant, a judge? Or did I feel like I was looking at a hostile, stubborn person? 
Did I feel like I was looking at an unbeliever? Or did I feel like I was looking at someone who just needed guidance? You must interpret your dream within the context of emotions, timing, numbers, colors, every single thing that was around you when you were having that dream and how you were feeling and how you were sensing it. All of those things help you to interpret the dream. So even sometimes when people just send me their dream, I had this dream, I asked them, what time was it for your life, your family, your house, your marriage? What were you going through? What were you praying about? You know, what were you thinking of? Because sometimes these things impact what you would dream about. You know, so you are in the prison and God is giving you dreams about food in Africa. Like, But sometimes God may actually begin to speak to you about things that have to do with your liberation. So usually the time of life brings a bit of context to the dreams that we are having. Um, so for the person who was speaking about deja vu, you, because if I, the simple explanation of it many times is you have actually walked through it or lived through it before, not in terms of a former life, but in terms of a dream that you may have had and the vision that you may have had. But you see, sometimes you have a dream and the Lord will conceal you from remembering it because um, you don't have the wisdom to steward it at that time. And you may destroy the dream or destroy the path to the dream or the actualization of the dream. So what he will do is that you have the dream and he leaves it inside of you as an experience. So have you ever had dreams so where you wake up you're like, ah, I can't remember what I dreamt, but I just feel like, so you wake up with a feeling and, it's, and, and you're just like, but I can't remember. So some people have woken up and they, they feel joy. They're just happy. They're like, ah, I can't remember what the dream was, but I know it was a good dream. It was a good dream. It was a good dream. And then five years later, you get a promotion at work and they're having a conversation with you at the table. You're like, wait a minute, I've seen this before. That same feeling you had when you woke up five years ago, you are having that same feeling again, but this time you are seeing an event happening. I like, I've seen this before. Many times we can't remember where it was, but it's because you've actually lived through it in a dream. You've experienced, you've gone through that whole experience and God left an impression on you. So whether you even knew it or not, that impression was leading you to that point. When you began to say, I just sense that, and you are able to follow that sensing because it feels familiar, is because you've probably had that experience before. I tell people, I say one of the busiest times of a human being's life is at night. Well, that's one of your busiest, busiest times because as your body is hitting the bed, bam, your spirit is getting up. I know that sounds like a scary Shouldn't you say it like that? <laughs> Shouldn't say it like that? But literally it's true. So as, as you are sleeping in your body, your spirit is like right sound awake and it's like, where are we going to? What's the mission for today? And you have moved to Czechoslovakia. You have gone to America. You have visited somebody in the village. You've all kinds of things. Parade yourself all about the spiritual. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Because once the demonic will just catch one random spirit, they just hold you and take you to where you're not supposed to be. That's when you say, I had a dream. I, I saw that they carried me. We entered through, through one tree. And as we entered the tree, no. Let the consciousness of God that you have in the physical, let it stream into your spirit so that even in the spirit, the way you will respond if you are awake is the way you respond in the spirit. 
You say, and somebody came, you're about to touch my child. I was like, eh, are you joking? In the name of Jesus, come on. Because if you are not used to calling Jesus during the day, you will not call him at night. If you are not used to being a warrior during the day, you will not war in your dream. If you are docile consistently in the physical, you'll be docile in your dream world. And that realm is so real because many things are happening at night. Many. There is movement in the spirit realm. Angels are visiting people. People are going and having adventures in heaven. Some are going to hell. Some people are being tormented and locked up in darkness at night. So the question is, what do you do in your night time? How do you use your night moments? So when you are going to bed, I declare that the mark of Christ is upon me. My soul belongs to Jesus. I do not permit my soul to have engagement with any realm apart from where the Lord is leading it into. And so I say, sleep, I sleep as a mighty warrior. I sleep as one that is born of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I navigate in and I come into the revelations of God. Thank you, Lord, for the ninth time in Jesus' name. So the night is supposed to help the body rest. It's the body that needs sleep, not the spirit. It's the body that needs sleep, not the soul. Those two things don't operate from here. You understand? But as they sleep, the other two come alive. The question is, what do you do at that time? This is why you must be very, very conscious of the spirit realm and the operations of things um, in, in that realm. Um, somebody said, I have experienced my spirit waking up before, before my body. Someone came into my room. Yes, yes, I caught my body moving and um, saving Jesus before I woke up, shouting Jesus before I woke up. Yes, um, those, two, those, those things happen. Um, some people... Uh, some people have this experience where it almost feels like partial paralysis, you know. So, um, so medically, they've been able to explain it. Well, medically, like I said, that there is um, that thing that happens when you're really tired. Your body's really tired, but your spirit comes awake before it, your body can catch up. So you are looking around the room. You are very conscious of your environment but your body is like a car that's trying to start so it's usually scary for people when that happens almost feels like death you know where you are conscious have you ever been given anesthesia um a sister of mine was talking about she was given anesthesia and she felt herself lifting up from her body and going up 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 up, up into the heavens and she got to this bright light and the light said to her, it's not your time, go back. And then she came back and then she started strolling around the hospital, trying to the reception, trying to visit people. <laughs> she was strolling around the hospital. And then she started hearing them calling her name, calling her name. As they were calling her, calling her, she came back, you know, up. Um, there was somebody who was telling me about what she was doing her, how she was having a baby. And the hospital, ah, but shake it. You helped people in Nigeria. They didn't have enough anesthesia, so they were mincing it until the one they went to buy arrived. So they're giving her little doses. And as they're cutting out, they're like, can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you imagine that? Anyway, by the time they brought the anesthesia, it's almost like they're trying to make up for, so she just pumped her. She said that as soon as that rush happened, she felt herself leave her body. And then she stood and she was looking at herself on the table, looking at them cutting her, 
looking at the doctors and of course not trust repentance. Hey, God, forgive me. That body's not I want to die. I don't want to live here like this. And in the midst of all of that, she comes back into her body. And um, yeah, so people have that experience. But apart from anesthesia and stuff like that, that can cause this an awakening of the spirit, apart from anesthesia that can cause that, even sometimes scientifically, they've said the body could be so tired that it's struggling to catch up. Your spirit is struggling to catch up, you know, so you, you are alert, but your body can't move. You are looking, but your body can't move. So many times when that happens, some people just go back to sleep. They're just like, you know what, nothing is happening. I'm just going to shut my eyes and relax and relax until I'm able to move myself, until I'm able to move my body. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I just can't move, you know. Um, but other times in that state, people see other things that have been inside their room. That's when you realize that you know, one black thing has been sitting near your shoe rack since, you know, and they begin a panic. For some people, they actually are being oppressed at that time, you know. So um, that's when you, you, know, you begin to you pray, you begin to just, you know, call on God and call on Jesus. And, you know, people eventually wake up. Um, so, but I don't let that panic me anymore. If, if that happens to me, I just relax and, you know, I'm in my spirit, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm like, I'm not dead, so I'm going to wake up at some point. You know, let's be fine. I know it's scary, but hey. And uh, someone has been saying to me, like, different people have dreams about me or have had dreams about me in this season of prayer. And that's fine, you know, because I'm talking to you every day. And I am bringing God's word to you every day. And you permit yourself to wake up at 5.30 to sit down and listen to me. So automatically, what that means is that I'm making an impression in your, in your spirit. So and at this point in time, in the heavens, I am recorded as a voice of counsel to you. So if God is going to speak to you, he most likely, if he's going to appear as God, he most likely will appear as PI. So it's not necessarily me every time you see me. Um, because sometimes when you see a pastor or you see a, a spiritual leader or stuff like that in your dream, um, it, it, it sometimes actually represents God, not the individual, not the person. Uh, so you, you need to know the difference. Well, sometimes it could be the person that God is speaking about. Um, it could be that God is revealing to you maybe stuff we're meant to do together or, you know, it may be God revealing to you my place in your life, your place in my life. It could be anything. But a lot of times it's actually representing um, God or Jesus, you know, not necessarily the pastor. Um, because Jesus is our pastor, actually. So when you see that pastor, it may be speaking about God or Jesus in your life. Yes. Uh, I saw you were trying to show me something from your journal. So I got my phone, da, 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 I was snapping the notes. I noticed my son was scrolling. Yeah, okay. So let's take. <laughs> uh, people. What all about having a dream in a dream? That's really powerful, actually. Um, it's, it's just speaking about levels of revelation, you know. And if you have a dream in a dream, you want to take it seriously because that's really deep. Um, that's really deep. Um, and it's almost like, you know, it's almost like the onion and you you peel one back, one layer to engage another layer, to engage another layer. It, it's so 
almost like complicated, but in a beautiful way. And it's levels of unveiling. So if you have a dream in a dream, you want to sit back and try to understand um, what it means. You know, you want to sit back and try to understand what it means as and take it seriously. I'm just trying to scroll through. through. I see things before they happen. Uh, okay, so I want to take one or two dreams um, before we go on. So for example, if you see, so um, Stephanie, I need you to decide whose dream we're taking, okay? So I need two people. Okay. I'll take one first. So um, you see maybe like hair in, in a dream. You know that usually like what does scripture say about hair? Um, it says, talks about it, the, the hair of the woman is the glory, you know, and all of that. So your hair could usually represent glory um, in a dream. But if you see hair, growing on your in dream that's not okay you understand because hair is not supposed to grow on the elbow hair you know so automatically it's speaking about an abnormality you know um and it's speaking about maybe like misplaced positioning of glory or something like that so um you like i said you must always take it back to scriptures what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean you know, because some people have some things that they have called scary or, and it's not scary. Like you see yourself flying in your dream. You don't want to tell your mother, you understand? So that they don't begin to suspect you, <laughs> especially within African context. But, um, it, and, but flying isn't necessarily bad. It just means you have like oversight, you know, it means you have vision. It means you have insight. It means you can, you know, see on a level and on a horizon that is not accessible to other people. So it's not necessarily bad. You understand? Same thing as eating in your dream. Yep. Some people um, have eaten in their dream. So someone said, I watch a movie in my dream. The movie doesn't exist in real life. I woke up remembering the movie. Wow, wow, wow. Well, maybe the movie is about to come out or maybe you are meant to write the script for somebody else to create the movie or something. Um, but also, um, even like eating in your dream, it may not necessarily be that you are eating witchcraft based on the way Africans have explained it. Um, it, you, you could be feasting with God, you know, the food could be prepared for you um, by the Lord. So it's really about context. So how did you feel about the food? Was it being forced out of your throat? Um, did you feel like this is a sacrifice? I shouldn't eat it. Or this is a demonic table that has been set for me. How did you feel? Who was feeding you? What were you being fed? You know, I, I have seen a dream before where um, some people who I respect as spiritual were offering me what looked like, and I, when I asked, I was like, what is it? They said, it's marine snails. I was like, marine snail, I'm not eating. And they were eating it raw. I'm like, I'm not eating. As soon as I saw it in the dream, I just knew something was off about it. And I'm like, I'm not going to participate in it. I said, leave me. I ran away eventually in the dream. Um, so it all is all about context. And it could be a different time also where a table is prepared for you. And you're actually sitting out to eat and you're dining with joy and you feel, feel full and you feel like um, impacted by the meal in a positive way. So you want to check, you know, all of that. Um, do, 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 do. So Stephanie, give me somebody. 
Okay, um, so someone had said yesterday, if you remember, P.I., that she had a long dream and you said we may take it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She okay, did. so she emailed it so I can read it out. Okay. Okay, great. Um, so, um, Ijoma, if you are there, uh, so you, Stephanie, Zika, if you are there, um, Chica, you know, if you're there. So can you guys just help me? Let's hop on the codes and symbols in the dream and let's see if we can crack it. All right, Stephanie, go ahead. Okay, great. Um, so she said some context that might be important. For many years, multiple times in a year, I would dream and find myself in high school, boarding school, like in the dormitory or hostels. Sometimes I'll be back in my second in my high school dormitory. Other times it will be a different location. Never in the classroom, just the hostel. On, on Friday, 4th June 2021, I had a dream about sitting in an open space for a language exam. I had a female exam invigilator. I wasn't prepared for it because I thought it was cancelled or rescheduled. I was panicking because at this point, time was running out, so I started guessing the answers. In the past two days, I have woken up to these times respectively, 9.03 a.m. and 4.03 a.m. Um, I'm currently doing the 21 days fast now to the dream. So that was context. So dream one, the dream started in an incomplete building that was progressively falling apart. I was there with a few people standing on a floor in the building that was barely still standing. I don't remember the series of events that helped us get out of there unscathed. Then I was in a city, not Lagos, but I have been there in a different dream before. I saw a truck offload a ton of school children in uniforms onto a school's playground. They were very robotic, like they were being controlled or had been pre-programmed. They were marching out in such uniformed movements. Suddenly it dawned on us that the world was empty, like a pandemic or people were hiding. We started running. I saw a few familiar faces. Then we found a bus and we got into it and kept move, moving. Then after a few, we stopped moving. The guy that was driving had been hypnotized or something. He just wasn't moving anymore. I pushed him out of the driving seat and we kept moving. One of my friends, she mentions the name, somehow, okay, the name is Tosi in case it's symbolic, somehow knew where we were supposed to go and drove there. When we parked, there was another school. The same scene was happening there. So we hid away and continued to walk through a narrow path. Tosin showed me where to go, but she chose to enter a way through a hole in the wall and close the wall cover behind her. I made my way to an area with some houses. It felt like these people were safe from all that was happening in the world. I entered one place and saw Ebuka, the presenter, and a lovely dark-skinned lady. They welcomed me in. And the two house dogs were so cute and friendly. In the dream, they were climbing on me and playing with me. I felt safe in that place. Time of the day, everywhere was bright, daytime. So there are two more dreams, but they are not as long. Should I no, go? Never. So, <laughs> but it's, they're all related. That's why it's still school, school, school. Yes, yes. We can't we can take it, you know, okay. um, because of the time. Yes. Um, so before I go, or before we take it, let me remember to share. So this book is called The Prophet's Dictionary. I really like it. It's by Paula A. Price and forward is by Bill Harmon. Paula A. Price and forward by Bill Harmon. 
Um, and the other one, like I said, it's called the Divinity Code. The Divinity Code. Um, it's called the Divinity Code to Understanding Dreams and Visions. And it's by Adam F. Thompson and Andrea Bell. Adam F. Thompson and A-D-R-I-A-N, Andrean, and Bell, B-E-A-L-E. The Divinity Code and the Prophet's Dictionary. I use this too. I have some other ones written by some Nigerians, but it's not here. Um, I will give it to you tomorrow. But really, the Divinity Code foundation, foundational start to dreams and dream interpretation. Um, so yes, I dream. So sorry we could not take the other two. It's it's long, and I want us to uh, be able to touch on someone else's dream. Um, but off the top, I want to know what does this person do? Um, she didn't mention. I don't know if she's on the call. Her name is Oge Agu. Is Oge on the call? Yes, I, I saw an Oge on this call. Um, anyway, if you know her, you can just tell us what she does. Um, but whatever the case may be, I feel like this whole dream definitely is speaking about the time we're in um, or a time to come. And it's really just talking about, you know, the preparedness of people when it comes to the, the, the seed of the future and children, the sacred future. Because schools usually speak about a form of education, a form of empowerment or disempowerment of the mind you know, from the will of God or towards the will of God or, you know, whatever it may be. So here are these children, rather they are being, you know, programmed and they are robotic, you know. So almost like what is the thing about a robot is that whatever you tell it to do is what it does. It doesn't have a mind of its own. It doesn't have a will of its own. So it speaks about the inv invasion of the will and the mind of the next generation and how that's part of the plan of the enemy, you know, um, in whatever plan he's having for the last days, you know, and she speak about, she went from past one school to another school, you know, yes, indoctrination, thank you, Pastor Linda, you know, an indoctrination that steals and takes away their own mind and their own position. Um, and then she sees this happen at different locations at different times. Um, but also there is the part of... Um, you know, she's working with her friend and, you know, so that friend has a portion in, because the question is, why is God revealing to her? So what I was asking what she does is, does she have um, something? Okay, she works in marketing field. So I was wondering, does she have something to do with education? You know, why is God showing her something about the next generation and about the way they are being educated? But you see, it's not just... Um, schools that educate people life in itself is a school family is the school entertainment is a school um you know sports is a school everything is training up a human being you know so when you see them in schools it's not just talking about um just the regular school system it's talking about the system of the world and what it's creating out of them so i feel so strongly that she may have a role to play in terms of intentional um, build intentionally building up people for the kingdom of God or building up the next generation. Um, she may have a role there where God may have want her to create more like a Noah's Ark, you know, kind of system by which the next generation can be saved and liberated. Um, so incomplete building. Where, where did we see an incomplete building actually? Um, it was at the beginning of the dream. It started in an incomplete building that was progressively falling apart. Okay, yes, an incomplete building that was progressively. Yes, I like it, Jamal's 
um, interpretation, a preparedness, um, and a preparedness in some area of life has to be done. Yes, and the building can also speak about um, the system that you are in, um, the place that you are in. I could speak about, uh, because basically a building is where you stay, where you find shelter, where you eat, where you grow community and all of that. So where you see that is usually speaking about the systems that you are used to, where you find yourself, and where you live, where you fellowship, where you work and stuff like that. So, but she's standing in this um, incomplete building and it is progressively falling apart. So God will be speaking to her and warning her about um, the building where she is and where she is standing, you know, and where she's operating from, where she's engaging from, and the fact that it's a system that is going to crumble, you know. And so she had to leave the system as, she, as she's embarking on this journey. She's finding out these other things about, um, you know, how people and children are being educated. So it may be God telling her that you're going to leave the current place where you are now, you know, or wants her to take a second look at the systems or the places around her. And to, to know that, hey, there is something that is falling apart here. And it's supposed to lead her to the next phase of life and the next phase of her journey. And on that phase, here are the things you're going to encounter, you're going to see, you know, in terms of the education of the next generation. When I say education, like I said, I'm not talking about school. I'm talking about the minds and what captivates them and what forms um, the way they make decisions. And the fact that she talked about her friend, I think that on that journey, that particular person may make that journey with you. Um, but at that point, um, the person will have to go their own way. And what is a wall? A wall is usually a barrier. A wall is usually a separation from one space to another space. So she then goes into the wall and you know, locks the door or whatever in the wall. So basically, um, a sharp separation from you and that person. You know, so even though you had made journeys together, but at some point the person to be safe or for her own reasons, you know, goes into um, a season of separation. Um, then, sorry, I'm trying to read as I write uh, over the, the driver's seats and the bus. Uh, sorry, she had to take over the driver's seat of the bus that was conveying. Did I even hear the stream? What part is that, Ijoma? You know, so then the part where she says she then walks into this room where she's looking for safety, she said that she finds kind of like a shield where it's untouched by what is going on. They are safe, they are preserved, you know. So in the midst of it, God is trying to tell her that irrespective of what's going on, I have a remnant, I have a remnant. So the remnant place may be where the Lord is leading her to. And it's out of the remnant place she will begin to birth solutions. And she sees Ebuka and this other. So what does Ebuka represent to all of us? Except Ebuka is her cousin. But what does Ebuka represent to all of us? Somebody that stands out in the media world in, in a presentation and entertainment, but is found within the remnant. So God is trying to say to her that I have a remnant even in media. I have a remnant even in the world of entertainment. You know, um, remember, because this dream is all about the, the birthing of a sacred future. Um, but, okay, somebody just said the word Ebuka means God is mighty. So it could also mean that God is in the midst of them. God is in the midst of that city. That's why they are preserved and kept and not destroyed. So, um, yeah, I feel like this is a dream of the future. This is not just a, a dream of revelation of now. This is a dream of the future and a dream of direction that God is bringing to this person. Mute your microphones, please. Thank you so much. Okay, so 
Um, does somebody want to add something to it? IJ, Stephanie, Linda, Zika, anybody? Or are we good on this dream? Um, I mean, PI, for me, your interpretation of it is, is sounds like um, exactly what I think it is as well when she was speaking. Definitely something that she has to do with the next generation. Uh, because when you see uh, school, ch high school children or school children, that speaks of the next generation as well. Uh, just to touch on the part where she spoke about context, she says she's always having this dream about high school and learning. Um, I also feel that there might be some unresolved issues of the past as well. Uh, and, you know, she spoke about a test that she was writing, but she didn't feel prepared or, or something like that. So maybe there are some unresolved issues of the past that she may actually need to fix so that she's well equipped and prepared for this assignment um, that God is revealing to her. Uh, I'll also advise her to, to go to the Dream Interpretation book, uh, Divinity Code. I have that on my phone. Um, all the symbols, all the codes that are there, that are highlighted to her in her dream, she'd go and check out the meaning. And even herself, um, she, she, would, she would see that the things that you have said and some of the symbols written based on scriptures will begin to um, give her full interpretation of that dream. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And, um, and thank you for bringing us back to the context. And really, she writing exams, usually you want to look at what time of life was that. So it was the time of um, secondary school. So it could be something unresolved from the years of being a teenager or the time of being a teenager. Um, something that the Lord needed you to complete or something the Lord needed you to do, or a part of life God needed you to come into, and you never fully, fully came into it. So that's why it's a, you didn't finish. So for some people, they keep seeing themselves writing their university final year exam, or you know, or just examining university. It just speaks about things in your university days, um, maybe things you could have come into um, that you never came into, you never really. Um, finished, you know, in terms of lessons the Lord was teaching you that should have been for that time of life. And God is trying to tell you that, hey, because you haven't resolved that, there are things that you're, you should be coming into now that you can't come into because you haven't passed the test of that time. You know, so what I would typically do if I have that is just go on my knees and pray and be like, God, I can't go back in time. But if there's one person I know that is not limited by time or space, it's you. So what were you trying to teach me then that I need to fulfill most especially now? So please give me the grace to know to, you know, and pass the test now and teach me. It's never too late for me to make adjustments, you know, stuff like that. That's how I pray and I will pray in a, in a scenario like that. Yeah. Um, Steph, I don't think we can take one more. Um, time is fast spent. I think we should go, but I hope I've been able to help you guys. I hope I've been able to just um, teach you a couple of things and stir you up. Technically, this is like a long training, you know, that you should have. It's, it's not one day. I can't put it up in one hour or anything like that. But what I would advise you is um, on Instagram, follow the person called Oti Lunge. Um, he's a good friend of mine. Um, and he has something called the Dreamer's Corner, uh, where he teaches, trains people in dreams and dream interpretation. Um, follow him, take one of his courses, um, let him teach you, let him train you, 
Uh, let him show you how to grow um, in dreams. What does it mean when you find yourself in the bathroom? What does it mean when you find yourself naked? Um, what is God, God trying to say to you? Um, make sure, get training, get training, get training, get training. Ah, I can't overemphasize it. It's different from a sermon. You know, when you're sitting down and you're being taught step by step by step, um, it's completely different. So when you get trained, you become strong and empowered. You know, so train yourself and sit around people who are good at it. I was telling somebody yesterday, I said language is the tool for impartation. And when I say language, I'm not just talking about English. I'm talking about there's a language of everything. There's a language of the spirit. So my son, Judah, the reason why he can now tell me what he wants, and he's not like a strong human being. If he wants more, he's like, mommy, more. Or if he wants you to stop it, he's like, stop it. You know, he can now express desire and he's gaining respect in his own right. Why? Because he has learned the language of humanity, how to communicate as a human being. So in the same way in the spirit, what is stopping you from levels of power that you should have and respect in the spirit realm is because you have not mastered the language of the spirit. But how did my son learn language? My son sat around people who were speaking and talking. And as he watched us daily, he began when he heard door, he knew that, oh, that's a door, shoe. He saw me pick up something and put in my leg. He was like, oh, this thing they put in their leg is shoe, you know. And the more he stayed around people speaking, he learned the language. And as he grew in language, he too began to speak. And he began to get honor and authority and to be seen as a full-fledged member of the human race. So the same way for spiritual things, stay around people who are speaking spiritual language. I'm not talking Christianese, but people who are spiritual people and have a hang on it, you know, who these things are normal to. So what seems like, yeah, my God, this is a revelation. To some other people, it's normal. It's on this level, they converse every day. Stay around people who have language and you will learn to communicate and you will become strong and powerful. So you either learn by the word, books, trainings, or you can learn by communication and staying around people. As iron sharpens iron, so does the man sharpen the countenance of his friend. You can be sharpened by somebody else, by just being around them and then doing this that I'm doing right now, perpetually. You become sharpened also. So find the right company, find the right people. Um, on Thursday, I'm going to be teaching. Um, people of Influence has got um, a, a weekly program called Eden. And so we are resuming Eden for the year on Thursday. And we're meeting at the Four Points Hotel um, in one of their smaller rooms. So when you go to Four Points Hotel on Thursday at 6 p.m., just ask them where People of Influence is meeting. And I'm not, I mean, we're starting small because I want to train. So I'm not going to take more than 30 people on Thursday. So if you want to come, I think they are going to put up, put up a link today on people of influence network page. You may be following the old people of influence on Instagram, which is people underscore of underscore influence. That handle was stolen by God knows who, but people of influence network is our handle. So go and follow people of influence network. And as soon as they put up the flyer and they'll put a link register if you want to join the meeting i'm not going to teach or train more than 30 people on thursday i will have this meeting every thursday but it's not open the space is not open to everyone so if you want to be a part of the thursday meetings and teachings and make sure you register um when we do so so i'm going it's free it's open it's free to those who register just go ahead 
it's a free meeting. So I'll see you on Thursday. And thank you, uh, Uncle Jude, for worship. Can we just thank Jude? God bless you, Jude. Thank, thank you, you so Jude. Much. Thank you, Jude. God bless you. Yeah, fantastic. And there's a guy behind the camera. His name is Kachi. Uh, Kachi is the main guy. Kachi has been staying in my house just to make sure that in the morning he sets up and he's jumping between cameras to make sure we have good video to upload on YouTube. So thank you, Kachi. Thank you very much. He does all those short action film videos. Uh -huh. That's Kachi's work. Kachi, God bless you. I appreciate you. Thank and you, Kachi. Husband, thank any, you, Kachi. You just see my husband. Just tell him, ah, I celebrate you, sir. We celebrate grace. Thank you so much for PI. Thank you for loaning her to us. Oh, thank you so much for letting her jump out of the bed in the morning to come be with us. Please let me thank him when you see him. His name is Bobby Adolphus Igenegba. You understand? So, uh, but you have my email address. In case you just see anybody talking to him, email me quickly. They are data. <laughs> All right. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you, P.I. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Thank you, P.I. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye